0: and coastal adventures if it's about the coastal outdoor sporting life you'll find it here and
1: welcome to coastal adventures i'm your host cody queen and my co-host christian gokel we are brought call to me you christian, by one christian one toe christian Oh my gosh oh i was looking at that thing that thing today dude and it was it's, looking it's out fresh it is out of the bandage you still with the flip you're still in the flip flops i enjoy it but we are brought to you by hh boathouse they are not affiliated with his toe at all they are all clean people up there wear your boat shoes go to hh boathouse get yourself a boat okay. and get on the water while it's still warm out we <laughs>
2: So you can get away from my zombie infection What well, you to bring
1: up the toe again,
2: man. <laughs> it's right here. Look at it. I thought we were going to go
1: through the show today without having the toe. And as soon as within one minute of the show, the toe comes up. Heck the no, toe comes we won't up. toe. Heck no, we won't toe. But we're going to have a great show today. We're going to have DNR back on, Sergeant Mark Carson. He's going to be replayed. Great, great, great information. Dove season's on. Also, bow season is today. Today Season. All my Daryls and my Legolases. Yeah, so if it's out there, three-year-old bucks, please take those and above. Uh, I'm not telling you guys what to do, but if it's lower than that, please let them grow. You want bigger antlers. You want healthier herds. If you guys got some doe management to do, do that. Dough management's a lot easier to do during bow season than than the bucks, because a lot of bucks right now are still in velvet. So um, I suggest you guys wait for them to get bigger until they start getting more... Um, Needy for food yeah. during the winter time, so and then it'll be easier to hunt. But doe season for me, it's what this is. Now, Cody, not buck season.
2: So you, have, you get out there and you do some archery. I'm more of a long gun kind of a guy. When I, I, hunt. I, I do archery. You don't do archery? No, I don't even own what? a bow.
1: I've never shot a bow. Never. Never shot a bow. What? I've had guys offer for me to do it. I've actually had Grant Woods um, offer for me to do it next time he's down. Um, he goes to a University of Georgia all the time. He is a graduate from there. So he he's offered me a few times to go do it, and there's a few shops around town that has offered me yeah. to go do it, and uh, American P- P- Patriot Outfitters said that um, I can bring a bow out there if I if I choose to. Yeah, well, but, I've, um, I've, I've heard, not done it yet. Though. I've
2: heard. Well, then I've heard from a lot of different people. I know my cousin does it, and a lot I know Buck Bennett does it. He'll go out there and he'll hunt with his bow. But he's he's going today. Yeah. yeah, yeah. and So he's he's out there right now. What's up, Buck? Uh, a lot of people say that. It's a it's a much bigger challenge. You're not sitting in a stand with your long gun waiting for anything. There's you have to be up close and personal with that deer for the most part if you're going to take it down with a bow.
1: Twenty five max fifty yards. Fifty yards is a long shot. So no, like yeah. twenty five yards, not not fifty yards. So it's a lot more up close and personal. You got to be more more skilled, more silent. Scent's got to be controlled. Use the scent crusher. Everybody uses. There's all kinds of stuff that you can help you do bow hunting. It is extremely hard like the scent crusher stuff that they have, like like I said, the spray, or there's like these compartment things. I mean, you've seen these, but like almost like coat racks, and you zip it up, and it has like this electronic thing inside, and it gets all the smell out of your clothes.
2: You know what else gets all the smell out of your clothes? Just don't wash them. Don't wash them. Don't ever wash your hunting and clothes.
1: And leave them out. That's actually what uh, our guy who runs the farm up in North Carolina, Ethan Rawls, does. He doesn't. He gets it all descented, and he keeps it in a box. Mm-hmm keeps in the box. He wears rubber boots. He doesn't wear, he doesn't wear these fancy hunting boots. He wears rubber boots and it's a completely different animal when you guys are hunting bow. It's, um, I love, I love watching it. The bow stuff I like to watch is the one they go like from your neck of the woods over in Atlanta, they go to like rich neighborhoods yep. and they go in these woods and they do bow hunting. Cause obviously they can't do like firearms. So I love watching them cause these, these, these bucks get gigantic because they're just out of control. You right. Know? So um, I really, I really like watching that. I would really like to get into bow hunting, but it's just not my, my thing. I've never been into no, no, big no, bow no. You, hunting. you're not
2: gonna like to get into bow hunting. We're going to get into bow hunting, and to help us get into bow hunting, I on the mini interwebs, came across entire a, webs. No, the the interwebs. Same. I came across an old newspaper article, and I don't know. Do you know who Fred Bear is, Cody?
1: Oh yeah, I know him. He's like the founder of the composite bow. You told me that earlier, and yeah. I, I can like I know it. Uh, Wikipedia, maybe
2: it's awesome. No, Fred Bear <laughs> literally patented the composite bow back in the early fifties. So basically, they say he's one of the pioneers of modern bow hunting.
1: He, when you told me about, because you know I'm not big into bows, you're telling me this guy. I'm like, okay, who is he? Then you kept on saying it. And more. Ted Nugent more. wrote a song yeah, about this dude. and then dude. more like, and more, and he was like on the what, like the night Show, or something yeah, like that. Yeah, he was on the Night Show. He was on
2: American Sportsman. I was like, whoa,
1: yeah. who is this dude? Then you start saying like, hey, dude, he like pretty much invented the composite. Bow. I was like, holy crap, dude, that's like yeah. that's that's like the biggest invention for bows since like the longbow. bow.
2: Yep. So it's like crazy. But this is from an old newspaper article, and it's Fred Bear's Ten Commandments of Hunting mostly bow hunting but of hunting and his his first rule and i think this applies to both of them don't step on anything you can't step over so like
1: like fallen trees obviously Correct. um sleeping bears obviously yes. uh your toe obviously no, no
2: i can't go right now i'll have to wait till i heal up but <laughs> no i think i'm getting there but no it, it makes sense you, you don't want to
1: stop. why do we keep on talking about it
2: it's right here look at it We're i gonna, can't do it should we should we post a picture to the facebook page everybody will unfollow us We'll it, probably get banned for gore but his first rule again don't step keep on anything you can't step over
1: that's awesome <laughs> don't
2: that's step cool. on anything you can't step over yeah don't go out there try to hop over that tree or anything like that that's how you get hurt you're out there by yourself that's I how you lose a toenail yeah that's how you lose a toenail second rule second commandment don't look for deer look for movement and remember it's what they're looking for
1: it's true yes you're you're absolutely right i'm i'll try to teach my boy that actually uh the first time we ever went out hunting i told him you're not gonna have a firearm but you're gonna be my eyes and that's the first thing you need to teach any young hunter is um look for movement look this for the layout of the woods if there's anything different the change and um just, just like you're saying, movements—either it's wind or squirrels or any, or anything like that—and even hearing it, hearing it—you gotta have good hearing too to know the difference between, um, let's say, a squirrel scattering up a tree or a squirrel bark compared to like a a doe bleat or anything like that or a doe like dragging her feet through the leaves so yeah that is is definitely a big thing with the movement yeah and and his
2: third commandment here is always approach from downwind and the cool of the day move uphill and the heat of the day move downhill
1: yeah because the biometric biometric pressure is completely different with the heat and all that stuff and then with um with downwind as you know there's products even called dead downwind if if they're downwind then they're done so yeah that, that definitely makes sense too this guy uh, seems like he knows what he's doing.
2: And his fourth commandment here, Cody: the best camouflage pattern is called "sit down and be quiet," because your grandpa used to hunt in a red plaid coat. Think about that.
1: I we have a video which is um which is not PG, but it's Ethan's um father. We 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 go up hunting there all the time, and we stay in the hotel. And Ethan asked him, and uh, he's wearing blue jeans. He's like, and he's getting his blue jeans all folded and everything, and he goes. So you're wearing that tomorrow? And he looks at him and he goes, I'm going to be in the GD stand. I don't need to wear camo. And he starts yelling <laughs> at him. I'm like, all right. He's right, though, man. Yeah. Like, he's up in the stand. Blue jeans don't matter. But, yeah, that, that makes sense. sit down and be quiet. And, it, and going on with the next commandment
2: here, take only the gear to the field that allows you to hunt longer, harder, and smarter.
1: Yeah, snacks. Just bring a little backpack. Um, don't bring a bright backpack that's all orange or something like that, which – um, which is could be a little disruptive at all, depending. There's a bunch of um, things all about that, but what they can and can't see, and like some people think that you just should just go regular, plain color. So yeah, don't do anything. Don't don't get the backpacks that like crinkle, crunch, zip, unzip, Velcro. Stay away from Velcro because Velcro can get undone real easily. So yeah, yeah, definitely stay away from that.
2: And again, these are Fred Bear's the legend, his ten commandments of hunting, and his sixth commandment is a rainstorm isn't a reason to quit the hunt. It's a reason to stay.
1: It is a reason to stay. It really does out the, the scent, the scent. So it washes a lot of it away. So the smell of rain really takes over compared to your nasty, stinky armpits or your stinky toe or anything like that. So it's definitely good.
2: Well, and again, people think that like deer go and hide when it's raining, but I yeah. think that's anything but true. No, truth. they they go
1: out. They are yeah. um, they're always looking for water and fresh sources like that, and 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 almost anything that just washes stuff off for them to eat. Um, they're always in eating mode. They're always um, looking to grow it's a herd so it's and it's usually a bunch of them to, like looking for a source of water right there's there's a thing with them where um if a deer gets shot there's always a, a legend saying that they if there's water nearby go check near there because they always run towards water so
2: and the next one i think we've already spoken about a little bit is to is uh hunt where the deer actually are not where you imagine them to be
1: yeah you need to um where they actually are that's where that's what it comes with your game trail cameras The the herd will change during the fall compared to the spring. So you need to match their patterns. Like there'll be, let's see if you have a Southern part of your land, there'll be all around there. But the next thing you know, they'll be roaming around up in the North Hills or something like that during the fall. Cause patterns completely change during the rut. Bucks are looking for does. Those are looking for bucks. And sometimes those are running away from bucks. So ducks are uh, so bucks are chasing after them. So it completely changes. So yeah, check your card cameras, to know where they are and not where you think they're gonna be—that's that's, that's actually a good one.
2: Yeah, and this one seems like the most important to me, and it's it's to be sure of your shot. Nothing is more expensive than regret.
1: Yes, uh, many uh, take your time with a lot of stuff. The regret, oh, every every hunter has it. Um, just getting stuff you don't want—that that could be a thing that's never gonna help you. And also, um, the hunting habits he is speaking of to not do it, like just do yeah. it, like. The whole entire like looking for movement, and if you're too late on like on the movement, like I missed the shot last year, completely missed like a ten point buck, and um, it, and it's full of regrets. So you're yeah. gonna you're gonna have regrets, but you, just, you know you need to battle through
2: it. Yeah, have confidence in your shot. And His last commandment is next year's hunt begins the minute this season's hunt ends.
1: It's true. Um, when, once you get that, they all the field's gonna be in all the peas or the the all the clover, and it needs to be replanted again. And whenever you're gonna replant again, obviously it's gonna be near spring. And springtime, you want to do clover. I know this is getting way out of, way out, way out of topic, but when they're in springtime, um, they need more water in their system, and that's what they give them. So it's good. completely re-overdue. There is no break for the herd. Um, if you don't take care of the herd all year round, the herd won't take care of you, and they'll go somewhere
2: else. And again, those are Fred Bear's ten commandments of hunting, and I think that's some pretty good stuff people can carry with them through this hunting season. He made
1: me sound smart. Oh, he like he 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 brought up the good topics, and I was like, yeah, good one, good one, nailed it. But that's um, tough to do. That's, uh, that dude has an extremely cool name to be like a very cool bear guy, like Bear. Fred Bear. Fred Bear. Mine's Queen. Like, oh, yeah. Ooh. What, you make jewelry? Like, what? No. Mine's, mine's Go Kill. I yeah, don't really know. Yours that. is. Um, it means
2: missing toe in German.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. This is the kind of show we're going to have today. But it's going to be a great show, guys. Deer season's back. So, um, you guys, you guys need to go out in the woods. Go with, go with your little ones. Go with your family. Just go camping if you guys want. And we're going to have DNR on to talk about when you go dove hunting, whenever you do go camping out there and what you can have and what you can't have. and Because right now the doves are flying everywhere. I saw a bunch of people out this weekend. It was a good time to go because college football started back, and it's a good time to go this weekend because NFL starts up. So, guys, you need, you need to go out there and get that, and you want to go out in the woods and go to deer season, go and do that. But right now, you guys have to look up on the WMAs if you're allowed to go deer hunting this weekend or not because there are set dates for each WMA. So you need to do that, and you guys need to check in and out. We will talk more to Sergeant Mark Carson about the check-in and outs after we go to commercial break, which we have to right now. And we are brought to you by H&H Boathouse. So we will take a break. So catch us out the messages.
0: Back to Coastal Adventures on ESPN Radio after this. Now, more Coastal Adventures on ESPN Radio.
1: And welcome back to Coastal Adventures. I am Cody Queen, joined by Christian Gokel. We are brought to you by H.H. Boathouse. Go up to Hilton Head, and they will take care of you if you guys are looking for a new boat used or pre-owned. Um, very good guys up there. And uh, right now we have the man in charge of the Sunburn 10K or not. You guys can walk it, run it, do whatever you want. His name is Dan Pavlin. Uh, Dan, how are you doing today? We're having a blast, my friend. Thank you for having me on. It's great. It's great to have you. I know Savannah is real big in the outside running scene. And um, so I, I was told about you guys through uh, quite a bit of people. So how about you tell everybody what this is? Yeah, well, we've got the uh, Urgent Care of
3: Sandflies hosting the Sunburn Half and 10K, uh, not this weekend, but next weekend, uh, September 15th, working with the Howard Hand-in-Hands uh, Program, which is a uh, St. Joseph Candler uh, program to help kids who have had a traumatic event. It's either like a sickness or disease or maybe a family member has died. they are spent a lot of time in the hospital. They're just dealing with some really difficult times. So the whole, the, the fundraising part of, part of this race is going to help these kids who are in need. Again, dealing with some of the worst scenarios. It could be cancer. It could be again, family member who's you know at death's edge, and they just need a little bit of support. Those kids do. But the race itself, this is a uh, historically this race has been a training event for people getting ready for the Rock and Roll Marathon. So we run it right at the end of summertime. It's blistering hot typically. A lot of times we do it out in the middle of nowhere or straight, you know, heat. But this year, uh, we really stepped it up, and we're running, uh, starting from the Isle of Hope uh, Community Pool. We're going to run into the Wormslow Historic Park, and so the entire thing is a trail run. Both the 10K and the half marathon. The entire thing is shaded. It's a beautiful course, got great marsh views. Uh, It's not, because it is a trail, it's, you know, a little bit, uh, you know, You know, the surface isn't not like we're running on a hard-packed path, so it's not as serious an event as typically a 10k and a half marathon would be. Not as crucial for exact. This is all about testing your summer training and see how you're doing. And uh, it's really we've got a great attendance. We actually have almost sold out. Uh, We're at 225 right now. We got 250 set up, and we've got a lot of great sponsors who have come on. So the whole event. It's going to be great. We're going to raise a good bit of money for this kid's program. We're going to have a lot of fun. We have some of the features of it. We've got a fantastic technical running shirt that every runner gets. We have one of the ERS uh, coaster medals. So you, you get a finisher medal, but that medal can also be used as a coaster. It goes along with our entire series. Really, really first-class uh, you know, medal that they'll get. At the end, we're going to hang out at the pool for a few hours and, and cool off and enjoy some good social time. Well, I want to tell you a great thing about running is it's all about the community. You meet a lot of great people. You spend a lot of time together. You wear yourself out. At the end, you celebrate. Everybody's patting each other on the back from a good job. You burn a lot of calories so you can eat whatever you want. And, uh, and then we're going to go hang out at the pool, so it's going to be great.
2: That sounds awesome, man. And Dan, you're with Performance Excuse me. You're with Endurance Race Services. Tell the people a little bit about that. I know you guys provide like the timing systems, registrations, marketing for all different kinds of races.
3: Yeah, we we're um, about six years ago we started helping out with some 5Ks, and uh, we we kind of we kind of grew into it. And so all we wanted to do was help people put on their 5K, 10K. We started just adding services. We started with the timing started setting up courses for people we started buying gear so you know the race arch and so now we're kind of a full service event management uh, company for running races in savannah so we'll do anything from you know you want to rent a clock from us you want to uh, you know promote your race on the website all the way through we own events and we partner with local charities to raise money so that's like the sunburn is is one of our it's an ers race um, you know, and you can find it on savannahraces.com, along with lots of other races, even races we're not affiliated with. We, we just try to promote charity events through that platform, through the running. We permit, uh, you know, promote companies who want to reach out to runners. Sixty-five percent of our runners are female between the age of 25 and 45, so we got a great demographic of, of people who are participating in these athletic events. It's family-friendly. It's all encouraging. It's all about reaching out and serving the community. So we help out with something like 50 races a year, everything from registration through uh, full-fledged event management. The the longest event we have is the marathon we do on Skidaway Island with Optum Orthopedic. Uh, we've got silly races that we host, like the one we have in uh, in November. November 17th is the Donut Run, hosted by Bernard Williams. It starts at Calvary, you run down to Baker's Pride, eat one to six donuts and then run back and we have we don't have age categories we have donut categories so if you eat five donuts nice. you're competing against people eating five donuts you want to eat one donut that's fine one donut is enough for me but there are some people that will scarf down six donuts pretty quick
2: um i'm one of them not at
3: all it's awesome we and we were you know so we got people like schools who are raising money for their booster club for the band program for whatever sports athletic department we've got runs for uh, kids, pediatric cancer, you have people who are uh, doing stuff like you were saying, performance initiatives, we work with them every year, raising money for inner-city, you know, through weightlifting programs, we work with Royce uh, Learning Center, Rotary, you know, the, the full gamut of charities are involved in the running scene. And we've got people from, you know, six years old all the way up to 86 years old, so, it's something that people are doing when they're real young all the way through, you know. I mean, they can't hardly walk anymore, but they're running races.
1: So um, I was just looking at all the stuff that you have online about this race. You're saying that you guys have about 65 spots for the whole marathon. How many people are you expecting to be in this marathon this year?
3: For the for the sunburn half or yes, for sir. the actual Optum Orthopedic Marathon?
1: The, the actual whole thing and, um, and the sunburn.
3: Well, sunburn, we're going to hit... I actually think we're going to sell out at 250. We've got some some kind of like waiting list spots that, so we might hit 275. Wow. We do when we do the marathon in March, we'll have a thousand people at that. Um, you know the uh, that that's going to be one of our larger events. The biggest race we do all year is uh, the Nine Line Apparel 5K 10K. They had 1,300 people at it this year, and we had a ton of spectators. There were probably 500 spectators came out to that. So that was close to a 2,000-person event. Uh, the smallest, you know, we got a bunch of events that will have something like 50 people. You know, Armstrong usually has like, a, like the nursing department will do a little 5K. We've got a couple in Richmond Hill. That we got one in Guyton. Uh, there's an Effingham series where they got three events and they run different courses over there in uh, in Springfield. Um, we've got the Warriors for Williams 5K, which runs to Richmond Hill. That's one for pediatric cancer. Uh, December, we do our championship race. Uh, that one's real fun. You, you have to earn your spot to be able to participate in the championships. And in that race, we run a three-mile race. And then, uh, you know, just about at 30 minutes after we start the race, we start a two-mile race. Ten minutes after that, we start a one-mile, and then an 800 and a 400. So these guys are running almost six miles throughout that. Each time they have to go a little bit shorter distance but a little bit faster. And so it's a really exciting race, lots of finishes, um, we do some that are for, you know, we do the mother, mother-daughter 5K. We work with Chick-fil-A. They've got a race that runs through the Weston. You know, you just got all these great locations, beautiful, you know, facilities are just real fun, really dynamic causes. Uh, ESPN is going to do the diabetes 5K through the Henderson Golf Course in uh, February of next year. That's going to be a great time. Um, you know, working with, uh, you know, real, real big for the ESPN family is uh, the diabetes cause trying to bring awareness and, and uh, you know, support to people, you know, fighting that disease. Uh, a lot of people are real passionate about it. And I just say, you know, a lot of guys, you know, don't look at running as something they want to do. A lot of guys will say something like, if you see me running, you better run too, you know, or, you know, I wouldn't be caught dead. dead. You know, they, they've got all kinds of other things they want to do. But if you just look at the sport as a whole, you can get started, You don't need anything to get started. You can just go out and start right now. It's something you can do almost your entire life. Uh, The people that are involved with are great. They're super health conscious, but they like having a good time. You know, I mean, guys like to go out afterwards and get a beer. Runners, same thing. They are all looking for their beer and banana at the end of the race. Uh, You know, the, the community is really strong. You build a lot of great friendships. Running is actually very addictive because of the way endorphins are released in your body. A lot of people, once they get started, they just get hooked. It's great for traveling. It's a great excuse to go visit fantastic places. A lot of runners, they'll, they they pick the state, and then they go find a race to, as an excuse. So we have a lot of people come from out of town. Uh, the causes, I mean, over the last six years, we've raised over a million dollars with our charity partners through running. Um, I mentioned Nine Line. I mean, last year I think they raised $85,000 for uh, veterans in the uh, Savannah area through uh, that race. So you've just got, uh, you know, just the entire system. It's, it's family-friendly. It's healthy. It's, uh, it's great for the community. And, you know, we're, we're real conscious about the, the neighbors, the people that aren't running that we try to affect. so We try not to shut down any roads. Um, there are very few races that actually close roads. Rock and roll is one, but that's, you know, 20,000 people. So most running races, you know, we, we don't impact anybody really from a traffic perspective. Maybe, maybe two or three-minute delays at the most for people. Uh, but, you know, they're, and they're all over Savannah. There's one almost every week in Tunnels to Towers this weekend. I don't have anything to do with that, but that's a, a great event. Uh, we love the 200 Club. They do a one-mile race, which is fantastic. Very, very dramatic to see the uh, police officers and the firefighters all in gear running down the road together. That will uh, put some patriotic pride into you.
2: Dan, all of that sounds fantastic. Tell the people, if they wanted to sign up for the Sunburn race, where they would go.
3: Yeah, you go to savannaraces.com. All the races listed on our website, they're all local. They're all for charity. Uh, there's a link to each one. You get there within just a few seconds, you'll see the, uh, sunburn, uh, logo. It's got a big sun face on it and click over there. It'll take you to the registration page. We do a no questions asked refund policy. So if you sign up with an ERS race and you don't want to do it, you're like, I don't know why I would do a half marathon. That's crazy. I'd say, yes, it's crazy to run a half marathon in September, but you can cancel no questions asked, give you all your money back. No problem. You can defer to a future race. You can find other races there. You can do something way more uh, food-orientated, like the Love Chocolate Half and 10K in February, where we fill you up with chocolate fondue-covered fruit and pretzels and all kind of good stuff. So, you know, I just say, if you haven't tried it, you know, again, pick your favorite cause and go run a race. And uh, you'll meet a bunch of great people. You'll make some friends. You might get hooked. Uh, you'll do something that it takes an hour. You'll uh, you'll burn some calories. You'll be ready to go. Uh, you know, celebrate that night with whatever you want to eat. You know, if you got an extra 600 calories burned, you can eat whatever you want that night. Uh, but man, just everybody needs to be doing 30 minutes of exercise every day for their heart. Uh, you need to be doing something to serve the community, something that you can uh, pass along to your kids. You know, I've got four kids, so I look at running as an easy way for me to spend time with them to encourage them to have a healthy lifestyle to uh, you get time to invest in them. you get to watch them succeed and they get awards and prizes and they get to see uh, they do something successful I mean you can't get much better than this this is uh, all around that's how, That's why we kind of got into it. it just was. we just kept looking at this as this platform to consistently raise money consistently do something healthy year-round anybody can do it from any background sports is such a great platform to reach our community it just just like what you guys are doing. It's a great way. It penetrates all cultures, you know, all ethnicities, all religions. Everybody come together for sport. And uh, we can kind of get on the playing field, and we're all the same when we're there. It's just about putting your heart out on the field.
1: Yeah, I agree. It's a it's 100% great program, going to a great, great thing. And, Dan, I'm sorry, but we're about to run out of time. So if you could if you could give them your website one more time, and we're going to have to go to break.
3: SavannahRaces.com, you can sit Email me from there. Any questions you got, we'll take care of you. SavannahRaces.com. Appreciate you guys very much.
1: Thank you. That is Dan Pavlin from Endurance Race Services. He's on the west side of Savannah. And um, we have to take a break real quick. And we are brought to you by HH Boathouse. So stick with us after these commercial breaks.
0: More coastal adventures is on the way. ESPN Radio. More coastal adventures on ESPN Radio.
1: And welcome back to Coastal Adventures. We are brought to you by HH Boathouse. you're in the area, go up to Hilton Head Boathouse and check them out for a boat, hhboathouse.com. I am here with Christian Gokel. Um, We're having fun. Dove season go out. My son, that's actually one of his favorite things to do is go dove hunting. It's very fun. You don't need a huge weapon to go do it it's smaller shotguns and spread spread out on uh all kinds of pellets and so it's extremely fun right now we have mark carson sergeant sergeant mark carson Carson. i'm sorry i was in the military if i don't call you sergeant i'm gonna have to do some push-ups right but uh, we have him on the phone right now how you doing sir
4: good how are y'all this morning
1: so you are from the georgia dnr you guys are doing great things out there we have a good friend named colonel buck bennett That's out there. Um, He's probably the most terrifying human being I've met in a long time. (laughs) But he's a very good guy. He was in the Army for, like, ever, and uh, he is with you guys. He's been with you guys for a while. So we have to talk to you about dove season. Dove season's here, and uh, we're we're all going to have fun out there. So tell us what you guys got going on, what new regulations are out there, or what regulations people need to know about. And before we do all that, let's talk about the regulated hunting times.
4: Half hour before sunrise to sunset. Uh, anybody over sixteen uh, years of age needs to have a uh, hunter education and a uh, Georgia hunting license, uh, and a shotgun and a place to go.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. Um, we like to go to all the WMAs around here. And uh, is it is it legal to get doves in the woods in your backyard with like a pellet gun?
4: No, not a pellet gun. Uh, to have a to hunt small game, which a dove is a, considered a small game you got to use uh, number two shot or uh, larger, I'm sorry, number two shot or smaller uh, shotgun, or you could use a bow, but shooting a bow uh, at a bird's a little bit harder than uh, it is with a shotgun. So.
2: There you go. And, of course, dove season runs from today through the 16th. And when you see the 15 per day limit, but then you also see the 45 in possession, explain to folks what that means.
4: That means if you're on a, at a campsite, on a WMA campsite or in a state park, and you're checked, you'll only have 45 buffs does in your possession uh, during that during that camping outing.
1: That's that's actually, when he was asking that question, I was like, wait a minute. How, okay, yeah, when you go out during the trips, you're going camping and all those kinds of stuff. So when you're going out camping, say you're at the WMAs you're going camping, what are, what are some of the rules they have to abide by for by, by having firearms out there while you while you're out there in the camps and all the other stuff
4: yeah the guns have to be unloaded and uh cased in a uh, uh somewhere in the vehicle uh, or in your campsite uh that's just your campsite is considered your like your uh your house at the time so you can have it around but it cannot have it in any uh loaded vehicles uh, anything like that while it's moving down the road uh you have to camp in uh, approved areas and um, uh, just check the, the WMA you uh, would like to go to, and it'll give you a uh, site of where they do allow camping or they don't allow camping.
2: And break down the firearms for us. Of course, it has got to be a shotgun, like you said. How many shells or how many rounds can they have in that shotgun?
4: You can only have three, uh, one, in the ma- one in the chamber and two in the magazine. You have to have some kind of solid um, plug in there. They can't be just taken out uh, easily to uh, make sure it don't, like, it don't hold those th- uh, two shells in the magazine.
1: So you're saying I can't go full-out Rambo or, let's say, um, Urschel from freaking Walking Dead, Unlimited Shotgun Rounds, is blaring them out in the sky?
4: Not at this time.
1: Okay, <laughs> so no, like, anti-aircraft World War II kind of German kind of thing going on? No, a little bit too much. Dang. Oh dang it. Ruined but, <laughs> I ruined all our plans. I ruined all – I was going to blow everything in the sky. I'll never miss. It's bow, 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 bow. But, like, just bring out, like, one of those Segas out there and just go, yeah. doon, doon, doon. But um, I know you guys have probably more knowledge about this. What are questions that you guys get the most when it comes to the beginning of dove season?
4: Uh, a lot of people, they'll call in complaints. The pellets are hitting their house, uh, if it's in a, in a neighborhood or in a uh,
2: – I'd, I'd call that complaint in.
4: Populated area. They're, they're, there's nothing really we can do. Uh, we can't ask them to stop shooting because they're – on their property they can they can shoot the pellets aren't going to hurt your house um they're not going to hurt you if they if you get peppered with them um that's that's one of our biggest causes people shooting next door to someone and they're not familiar with hunting or they don't like hunting
1: that's almost like the um southeast georgia redneck drive-by not on purpose though obviously
4: (laughs) that's right uh
2: and then another question for you for someone out in a boat that they have, they say they just have a smaller boat that they like to take out in the marshes to go dove hunting. What are the regulations on hunting from a boat?
4: Uh, the boat cannot be under power. You have to you have to be parked somehow or anchored out, uh, and everybody on the boat still has to have a wearable life jacket. You don't have to have it on, but you do have to have one with the with you in the boat.
2: Is there anything that you guys are focusing on this year when it comes to dove season, making sure you guys are keeping tight and regulated?
4: Uh, again, every year we check check bag limits to make sure no one's got over 15 birds per person. And then also we're also checking for safety, which we also want to make sure no one is uh, hunting under the influence. Uh, and it's, they have, it comes with the same penalties as a boating under the influence or a driving under the influence. You can lose your hunting privileges up to a year or more and, you know, suffer fines as well.
2: And now I know you have to regulate it a lot, but I'm sure, like you said earlier, you like hunting. You gonna to try to get out this year, and if you are, what's your favorite place to go?
4: Uh, I like to go to WMAs. I mean, it's 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 a very inexpensive way to go hunting uh, compared to paying a uh, you know hunting club fee. Uh, most of them run anywhere from a thousand to fifteen hundred dollars a year, and you can purchase a hunting license and a big game license if you like to hunt deer and go to a WMA for less than fifty bucks.
1: Wow. And when it comes to going to the WMAs, I know a lot, a lot of people get it all mixed up and or just forget about it. How does the sign-in – do you sign in for Dove season, or is that just for big game?
4: You no, know, It's for anything. You sign in one time, and you can sign in at the, at the kiosk there at the check station, or you can – now. there's an app. You can do it on the phone.
1: Oh, there's an app on the phone?
4: There's an app it's for that. It's
1: 2018, Cody. That, hey, man, that, that's – I did not know that there's an app on the phone. Okay, I got another question. I got a son. He's 10 years old. What are the regulations for children to go out there?
4: Uh, for – For anyone that is 12- to 15-year-olds, they can hunt unsupervised as long as they have completed hunter education. If they have not, they'll have to be with someone uh, over 18 uh, with a hunter education until they can get their hunter education card at age 12.
1: And no matter what, they have to be in orange, right?
4: Not during dove season.
1: Uh, No, not during dove season. Only during
4: the firearms deer season, you need to wear your fluorescent orange.
1: Okay, so I was not aware during dove season that you did not – need to wear orange, so that is a good information that we have out there. So if you guys are out there with your children, less like you said, if they do not have the hunter safety course, and so you guys have to be with them.
4: Yes, and if you can get our hunter safety course online uh, or through our office, uh, you can go to our website at gadnrle.org um, and look at all the information there.
2: And Sergeant Carson on here with us from the Georgia DNR, when you head out, what's your loadout look like? Are you using a side-by-side?
4: Uh, we'll be in a we'll be in a pickup trucks, uh, moving around, and sometimes we'll be sneaking around on feet on our Uh-oh.
1: foot. I can't sneak around on feet. I'm too fat, so I breathe heavy. <laughs> so there's no way. So um, all right. Well, what I like to do is go out on some four wheelers. So what are the regulations on four wheelers actually? Because I know a lot of people think that you can almost have it loaded and ready to go and just hop on four wheeler like 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 that vehicle is some kind of different.
4: For a four wheeler, it has to, you know. It is an off-road vehicle, so you cannot drive it on public roads. And then on a wildlife management area, you can only use it on, on certain uh, – on the main roads. You can't take it off the roads. Uh, a lot of them are closed for foot traffic only. Um, so you cannot go past that as well.
1: All right. Sounds good. All right. Sergeant. Mark Carson, thank you uh, for all your time. If you have any information to put out, like your website or anything like that, you, go, you can please tell the people now.
4: Our website is gadnre.org. It's the law enforcement division of uh, the Department of Natural Resources. Uh, or you can call our office at 912-264-7237 if you have any questions.
1: All right. there. Uh, that is Sergeant Mark Carson. Thank you for being on. Yes, sir. Thank you. And, of course, that was Sergeant um, Mark Carson from the DNR. Christian got in contact with him, was saying, hey, I I can be way cooler than Cody Queen on the the air. So he brought him on.
2: Yeah, I mean, he would definitely not have come on if you were the one who asked him. He was like, who is this psychopath? Get out of here. I'm over
1: here just laughing all the
2: time about stuff. The
1: point about the orange,
2: though, it's got to be cool for some people that they don't have to wear orange when they're going out dove hunting if they thought they did. Same time though, if I'm taking my kid out, not that I have a kid, but if I'm taking my kid out hunting, I'm probably decking him out in orange anyway. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the thing. How are you gonna explain that to Miss Brianna when you come home and Colton's got just like a, a side a little pullover, pepper? Like he went out hunting with Dick Cheney or something.
1: I know. <laughs> and then and then Colton has to apologize to it for for getting hit. But sorry. The thing is with um a lot of people, I was actually talking to some people that they're like, Well, I'll just take my boy out there with a pellet gun. You can't. Nope. Can't can't take him out with that stuff. It's gotta be an actual firearm. I know you want to ease your kids into um, fire and fire arms, No, throw on them in the deep engine. end. Yeah, just you got to get into it. Uh, DNR says no way, so you got to have it in. But um, Christian, we are running out of time right now, so we're going to have to take a break. Sounds good to me. All right. Well, we are uh, brought to you by HH Boathouse. Uh, stay tuned and we'll be back after these messages.
0: More coastal adventures is on the way. ESPN Radio. More Coastal Adventures on ESPN Radio.
1: And welcome back to Coastal Adventures. I'm Cody Queen. I am here with Christian Gokel. We are brought to you by H.H. Boathouse. If you need a boat, go up there and get it now. The deals are running while the water is warm. Hunting season's coming out. Even though you can hunt from a boat that we learned from DNR, it's great stuff. But um, We have another DNR guy who stopped by, Corporal Evans. He stopped by Friday to tell us about what's going on today. So here is Corporal Evans breaking down everything that we need to know about the archery season for deer. Corporal Evans, how are you doing today?
5: I'm good, sir. How are you?
1: Doing great, doing great. Um, I was a corporal for a long time in the army. I'm pretty sure it's not the same kind of thing, but um, it's a very, very cool rank to say with my mouth. So uh, <laughs> and uh we wanted to ask you a few questions. I'm real big harping on to you. I like to hunt the WMAs a lot. I feel like we should we have a whole bunch of us, um, whole bunch of them around us, so I think they should be used. So um, I want you to tell us what are some common misconceptions people think about WMAs and what they should know about them.
5: Uh, the biggest thing I would say is that each WMA uh, is typically different as far as dates and uh, the types of hunts that they have. So we, I mean, we all know archery season comes in tomorrow morning statewide and most every management area is going to be open. Uh, but some of our local ones around Brunswick here, like Palk's Pasture, they actually have a youth hunt that starts uh, next Friday, a week from today. And uh, so that management area, uh, as well as Clayhole Swamp, will close down and open up for a firearms youth hunt for three days. And then they'll open back up for archery. So it's important to look in the hunting regulations under each specific WMA and see when it's open and what it's open for, or what weapons are legal to hunt with. and when you can and can't go. So I'd say that's the number one rule to remember when you're WMA hunting.
2: And Corporal Evans, of course, archery season does start tomorrow morning. What time does the season open for folks?
5: One half hour before sunrise. Uh, Deer hunting hours are the same every day. It's a half hour before sunrise to a half hour after sunset.
2: And, And can you tell the folks a little bit about what you guys are going to be looking for in particular this year that you're going to be really trying to enforce?
5: Um... Not really one thing in particular. Uh, The typical things that we do every year are folks hunting without permission on on other people's property. Um, As far as the WMAs go, uh, they legalized hunting over bait on private land several years ago in our area, but they have not done so on the wildlife management areas. It's still against the law to place bait or hunt any wildlife over bait on a WMA uh, in the entire state of Georgia. Yeah, I. that's one thing that we do look for on the WMAs.
1: Yeah, I, I came down, I moved here about two years ago, and I'm used to hunting in North Carolina on my own land, so I was not aware of that. When I went there, I checked in the station, there was a DNR representative there, and then he said, why do you have the deer tracking in your back seat? And I had no idea, and he told me, no, that's illegal. So thank God he was there to tell me the right thing to do. And it's also our, our own responsibility to, to look up the regulations when we do get the magazine that comes out every year, or the magazine's online now, too. So, could you give people the information that they need to have to try to look this stuff up, like you guys' website or anything like that?
5: Yes, sir. If you'll go to g a d n r l e dot org, that's the law enforcement division's website, and you can follow the links to find out about nearly anything to do with. DNR, and natural resources, hunting, fishing, commercial, recreational, it doesn't matter. There's links to take you to every aspect of it. Um, another thing that we offer now and ha- have had for several years is our Go Outdoors Georgia app that you can put on your phone. And that's quick, easy access to uh, the regulations, licenses, uh, hunting and fishing times, side tables, solar and lunar times. Um, all, all the all the basic important information that you need right there on your phone, easy to access, and that's also the easiest way to check out your deer if you do if you are lucky enough to harvest one.
1: Yeah, I got the app last year. I think it helps out a lot. But we, but we could talk about bow hunting and deer all day long. All the the regulations, all the regulations that we need to know. But um, there, Corporal Evans, we are running out of time. So I just want to thank you for being on Coastal Venture, sir
5: yes sir glad to be there
1: all right and uh that that's it dude we got that's that's the end of the show we um we ran out of time man again i know these dnr guys are um, extremely extremely helpful they um they know what they're doing they're trying to help the better in it the the betterness of the hunting community um what you guys should do what you guys shouldn't do when you what stuff you shouldn't do isn't because they don't like you it's be, it's, it's the betterment for yourself and your surrounding area.
2: Absolutely. And to everybody going out hunting today, hope you take down a big bug, but stay safe. And Cody, like you say, stay in the woods.
1: Yep. Stay in the water, stay in the woods, and catch us next week.
0: Tune in next week for more coastal adventures on ESPN Radio.